I am a one-trick pony, one skill set. You do this rock and roll thing for as many years as we've been doing it, and at the pace that we've carried on, and all your life skills will eventually go out the window. Now, I'm speaking only for myself. JC can easily pivot in any direction he chooses, but me? Well, if making faces and playing power chords crossed over to other paths in life, I'd be set, but unfortunately, they do not. Even within music, I think I have a handle on rock music. It's a small box, and I can easily roam within it, luckily. However, take me out of that box, and I'm a man without a life vest. For as much as I've gone on about heavy metal and my love for the genre, I can't even attempt to play it. I think my love for metal also stems from the admiration I have for those with the skill to pull it off correctly. That's why when... Nick Sewell of Biblical told me last year that he had started a black metal, death metal-inspired band. I was very curious. Not because I didn't think Nick could pull it off, but because those were very specific, specific forms of music, and one had to immerse oneself in them to come out with something worth listening to. Of course, Nick's impressive CV of bands reads like a festival lineup I'd attend. From the heavy metal rock and roll send-up of Chort, to the balls-out rock fury of the Illuminati, to the spaghetti western surfboard-inspired atmospheric rock of Biblical. I was very interested to see how Nick would approach this form, and I'm happy to report that it exceeded all my high expectations. Mount Cyanide is a three-piece band that melds black and death metal seamlessly through a funnel of atmospheric grist. Think the death and roll side of Entombed meets Satyricon meets the Sadies. And if you can even picture what that sounds like, you'll be close to the base of Mount Cyanide. For as much nightmarish noise Mount Cyanide make, one wouldn't think they're a trio, but they are. Nick Sewell on bass and vocals, rounded out by Chris Blackwell on guitar and Jim Gehring on drums. And they put out one of the most impressive metal albums of the year. One of the most innovative metal albums in the past decade. I put this self-titled, self-released debut up against any metal band on the planet making records. If you've been feeling out of sorts with metal, maybe yearning for a new take on it, feeling it's become stagnant yet again, then may I suggest Mount Cyanide. The reason why I went weekly with these podcasts was because of the self-isolation and eventual lockdown that COVID-19 brought to all of us, and doing a weekly podcast helped me mentally cope while maybe giving someone out there something else to think about for 45 minutes to an hour. While every band in the world contemplated their canceled year, and still continue to do so, trying to figure out how to keep collective heads above water, there are other facets to the music industry that are also reeling from the crisis. Mount Cyanide felt the COVID sting firsthand when this album, headed for a definite deal, got frozen when the crisis hit. The complete music industry shutdown left the status of many labels up in the air, and rather than wait it out, take a risk, and be stuck under a giant question mark, 
Mount Sinai decided to release it themselves. So, June 5th, just this past month, the band made the album available through Bandcamp at mountsinidemetal.bandcamp.com. As of the first week here in July, it's the only place to listen and grab it. So I suggest you do so right away. That is, if you like mind-twisting metal. As much as we all have more time than ever before to check out records, movies, and catch up on our reading, the streams of new releases from bands has suddenly halted. There are bands out there holding on to their albums until the music industry resumes and touring is able to recommence, but in doing so, has left the field wide open. Most of the albums getting released this year are the ones that were already on the conveyor belt before the crisis hit, and pulling them off would have caused even more financial loss. In a strange way, Mount Sinai could benefit from the scarcity. And if I can do my part, I'm going to use this entire episode to feature the album. Instead of the usual podcast theme song, I'm going to play a Mount Sinai song. Instead of the usual song of hours in between sections of chatting, Mount Sinai songs will serve as the interludes. This is Nick Sewell's second time on the podcast. The first time was a bit of a ways back, episode number 36 from 2013. So I think Nick is well overdue to return and chat it up here. If you liked the Illuminati, if you like biblical, if you like things to get a little dark and twisted, then this is the album to sink your teeth into. Nick Sewell from Mount Sinai is this episode's guest on the official Danko Jones podcast, and it starts now. Take it away, Mount Cyanide. Hello. Hello. How you doing? I'm pretty good. <laughs> so uh, I didn't know this because probably, you know, whenever you've got something new coming out, you always shoot me some tracks um, before, weeks or months before it's released. And so I, in my mind's eye, I thought Mount Sinai had been out for a while, but it only came out June 5th. Yeah, so there's a bit of a story around that whole thing. Right. And uh, that is, at the beginning of the year, uh, we had the whole record in the can. I think that's around when I sent it to you. Yeah. And uh, we were talking to labels and stuff like that, and uh, a plan was starting to come together. And then, um, you know, the pandemic hit. Right. And just, again, talking to lots of friends who are musicians like yourself and watching their whole year and beyond get wiped out um and same thing with labels like just scrambling right like everybody's like do we still put out a record what do we do do we push back our schedule and then that whole release schedule just cascades further and further down the line and we just looked at each other as a band and we're like nobody is going to be ready to sign a new band for 18 months at least 
and do we want to just sit on this forever possibly or just put it out and you know just hope people check it out <laughs> so that's what we decided to do right and, uh, are yeah. those okay so you you mentioned that you were talking to labels are those labels still interested in a kind of a sophomore effort you know what i mean i guess we'll see i guess we'll see um again we didn't really I think everybody's so trying to make a plan for what they have on the go already that um, we didn't even really go back to anybody. <laughs> like a couple of people we talked to, and they were just like, "I'm freaking out. I don't know what to do." You know, like, <laughs> and uh, so we didn't push it. You know, we didn't. Right. It just didn't feel like a good time, and we thought it was probably a better move to just get it out there, let people hear it, and uh, you know, turn our eyes towards making another one and then we'll see you know yeah so. because i mean i got the tracks from you i guess yeah months ago um mm. i follow you on instagram months ago um mm -hmm. and i think i don't know i've just seen the name around for quite a while i was surprised when i was uh kind of delving deeper and i realized oh this was out just a few weeks ago but i've i've been hip to this for months so um <clears throat> it, it's it's this is a brand new album for everybody. So this is actually great timing that I talk to you right now. Um, yeah, no, let, absolutely. Yeah, everyone should know because it's hard to do face-to-face uh, -face interviews. You can't exactly do a whole bunch of press interviews with reporters or journalists. Uh, I mean, even they don't know if they're going to have another issue out to tell everybody. So... You know, yeah, it's a weird time. Yeah, so this is great. Uh, the podcast is is perfect platform to let everyone know about Mount Cyanide, and I just posted on Instagram. Like, of course, it's more of the rock and roll bent, but I just posted like ten mm -hmm. bands that people should check out. Um, Mount Cyanide doesn't fall into that category because I was kind of more focused on rock and roll, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of new bands and new albums for 2020, I think this album sits alongside some really great efforts from metal bands already out there this year that put out albums. Like uh, the first that comes to mind is Sepultura's album, um, which is phenomenal. Uh, there's the Annihilator record, and there's about mm -hmm. three three other metal records where I've just gone, wow, you know, this this would have cleaned up if if th there wasn't a pandemic and. Mount Cyanide's the the whole album is very very impressive for a debut album for a band, but more importantly, I feel, and that's maybe because I know you and I'm I'm so well acquainted with your musical output. It's mm. it's such um, uh, it shows everybody just first of all how versatile a musician you are. Uh, that you can roam in these, you know, you can do Illuminati, which is like balls out rock and roll. Then you can uh, do this kind of, uh, th for lack of a better term, thinking man's rock music, like m melding in more indie rock and kind of atmospheric uh, uh, influences in biblical with the rock and roll. But then in Mount Cyanide, you've chosen a kind of a black and death metal approach but still, I feel it's like a black metal band who listened to a whole bunch of biblical and um, made an album. Yeah, well, I'll, yeah, definitely. Um, I had a number of 
friends. Thank you, by the way. Thank you for all that. Um, it's nice to know and stuff is, uh, you know, just, I know we're friends, but even appearing on the radar and that it kind of makes sense because <laughs> you never, you know, it is, you're making, you're making records. You're like, does this make sense? Does it only make sense to me? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I've had a few friends say that, uh, after listening to the cyanide record saying like, wow, this is kind of like a biblical record in its pacing and in sort of the flow of how the record comes together, even though it's uh, an extreme metal record. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think that there's a lot of things that I want from a record in general. And that is uh, I like, I like records that have an arc and, sort of start in one place and, and maybe like go somewhere else and end up in an entirely different place or come back to where they started or just like I there's something I really like about the you know rather than just a song or uh, you know like an EP or something there's something I really like about like how you can progress a record from the first song to the last song and uh, just as a space you know to work in yeah I, I can feel it when you listen to the record uh there it ebbs and flows like um right in smack dab in the middle uh what is it that song late riser uh yeah. kind of kind of pulls you kind of pulls you down a bit from all the the, the blast beats and the, the black metal beats of of some of the songs that cushion it um but but i mean you give yourself uh, so many options with a second release because of songs like um, uh, what's the second one called? Roman numerals. Yeah, Roman numerals. I mean, it's got there's a okay, so there's a noise vibe. Um, I think one of the standout tracks is the no offense, Nick, but you're not singing on it. Uh, the hidden entrance one. It gives yeah. you, it gives <laughs> you so many options to go into a path for the next record that's like more of a you know, of a Pelican, Cult of Luna, Year mm -hmm. of No Light, you know, um, mm -hmm. it's, it, 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 it trumps all of those bands' records with one track. It's, it's huge. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, it was, it's it was pretty standout to me because I, I knew Mount Sinai from, okay, this is, this is Nick going uh, black and uh, I dig it. I could tell by the font, uh, the opening track kind of establishes what kind of band this is that we're listening to. But then mm -hmm. with all these other noise and um, for lack of a better term, neurosis elements, um, mm -hmm. uh, you give yourself plenty of options. And, and I don't see any band in any genre of heavy metal with as, uh, as focused and, and, and as, as wide ranging as Mount Sinai. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear it because uh, definitely we've had some really great reactions to the record, like uh, you know fans and some press going like, "Wow, this is really cool and really fresh." But there's you know metal is rife with orthodoxy, mm -hmm. and yes. uh, some people don't like chocolate in their peanut butter. And <laughs> uh, we've had a few reviews <laughs> where they're like, "What is this?" You know. What is this? And like for us, it always made sense. Like you know, uh, 
you listen to like some of the early entombed records and they were so vibey right where they would have like craziness but then like you know like everything would open up into this big space you know in the middle and you're like yes that feels natural like of course do that you know you know like fill up the mix like totally saturate it and then open it up and like you know we walked out into like you know a clearing <laughs> from the from the dense forest well that's and, uh, it's disappointing to hear hear you say that you've you've had kind of lukewarm and and the odd review where the journalist doesn't get it because it makes yeah. me question them how can you not understand what's going on here like you've already you you have tracks that kind of establish that you can do it like you can play black and you can go death i don't understand mm. the the other the other elements should prick up your ears with curiosity and and make you go oh what what are these guys thinking here i hope so but uh, i don't know you know it's impossible to control what how people take stuff so that's why it's so nice to hear when you know somebody gets it somebody's like oh yes this makes perfect sense I'm like phew because <laughs> that's what we thought too <laughs> when we're making it well you chose a genre of music that i think is uh as much as you say you know it's very metal is very conservative and they 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 like it one way i find uh, what black metal is 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 a uh, a contradiction in terms of what it allows and what it doesn't. At, at one one side, it says it has to be true. You hear that word a lot. Yeah. It's good, true. Mm -hmm. But on the other side, there's so many. Black metal is the one genre I think um, that is very um, interesting. That that often puts in so many different elements. The the only last remaining kind of genre, at least in mm -hmm. heavy music, that allows for um, interesting elements. Like I think of. Of course, Noctmistium um, and certain Noctmistium albums and uh, Satyricon's now Diabolical, where they went kind of black mm. and roll. So, so um, I thought you choosing Mount, uh, you choosing a, like kind of a bl black metal platform is would be easy to understand that you and easy to allow like some of the elements from biblical to seep in. And with yeah, no, well, no question. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that black metal as a genre, you know, it's always it's always embraced the atmosphere angle, mm -hmm. and uh, especially with a lot of like modern black metal, um, you know, like like sort of West Coast Pacific West Coast death metal or black metal, they've really leaned in hard into you know like the there's not even a lot of uh, definition in the riffs like the guitars are like really really washy yeah and uh like tons of reverb and stuff um like as a teenager i grew up very much on in the death metal scene you know like like the early 90s death metal scene so like you know carcass and morbid angel and like you know all the classic records from florida and sweden and stuff and um but for this band it, the i felt like we didn't really want to be a death metal band per se, because there's a certain virtuosity to death metal specifically that uh, I don't know that we were <laughs> able to, to do. 
<laughs> and and <laughs> you know like black metal like the quotient of shittiness like is like the, you know <laughs> you know what i mean it's like the fda says okay well you can have 10 percent more shittiness in black metal so you know like <laughs> um but it, you know it's more like the that genre um I think allows to be um, dirtier, like in the, in terms right. of the sound, you know, like, like there's uh, like the tones um, can be sludgier, which is attractive to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in terms of like crossing over with uh, in terms of crossing over with biblical, I've actually always like in biblical, we do a lot of like kind of surf guitar stuff. And, yeah. uh, in, in, you know, on top of sort of like sludgy rock, but we also do a lot of like tremolo picking too, you know, like really fast, like, but coming from a surf angle, but, uh, you know, I've always seen that as like a crossover point with extreme metal where you have, you know, that fast picking, it's like a minor key. And I was like, Oh, those, these things just kind of go together. Right. Like it's the same style of playing in a way. Just one has like shitloads more reverb and it's played through like a Thunder Twin, you know? Right, right. So, but I see that crossover. And so, yeah, definitely that that was attractive as a a direction to explore for the Cyanide record. So, um, I mean, people who know you from, you know, Illuminati and Biblical, um, Mm -hmm. you just said it, You, you, you know, I've known it, but you are a... A full grown, full blown headbanger, um, even though, you know, mm-hmm. a band like Biblical might not showcase that. So, how was it? How was the feeling of uh, starting this band going back to metal, you know, with that background? Did it, was it like, oh, f- thank, thank God I'm home, or like, I'm, oh, this is, oh, this is what I've been yearning for? How, how, did, how was that feeling? Uh, it's amazing and super liberating. Like, you know, when I was 16, 17, we tried to have bands like this, but you know, we just weren't good enough to like, you know, we played shows and stuff like that. You know, I had bands that were in a, I had a band when I was like 16 years old with a couple of friends that we could never settle on a name. So it's like, we like kept changing our name whenever we discover like a new death metal band that we liked, we'd pick a new name that was similar to it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and I think we only ever played the marquee. Like, oh my, the marquee. Who was that <laughs> you know, guy? Like, there's a that, different name every time. There's that one guy. Ratch. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to Ratch? I think he works for Law McQuaid in the collections department. That's the last. Oh man! Yeah, I don't want Ratch yeah. after me. <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. Delinquent <laughs> rental out. Yeah. Oh, that's I haven't heard that name in oh easily fifteen twenty years. Ratch. For for listeners who don't know, the Marquee was a club down at Coxwell and Gerard in the East End of Toronto. Yeah. Uh, formerly called, it was known. If you go way back, everybody called it the Shamrock, but that's before my time. But oh, it was know. like, like in you know an East End rocker club where basically <laughs> any any band could get a show, anyone, and uh, anyone could get a show, which is great. Like you know what? Amazing. Like, wouldn't it be awesome if there were places like that? Like, I know. 
these days, you know? It was it, amazing. You know, you think of any of the storied, any of the storied venues in Toronto, like classic studios, it's all like, yeah, anybody could get a show there. So no wonder, like, amazing shows happen there. You know? Yeah, that, I, you know, I laugh, I laugh, but um, it is, you know, when you take a step back, it's, it's great that that thing existed. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh my God. Um, so you played at the marquee with Ratch. I mean, <laughs> with, <laughs> yeah, what do we have? We had our band was called the, at one time it was called sanguinary. Oh, nice. Because we like it's sanguinary because we saw like on the last song on, on one of the carcass records was called like the sanguine article. We're like, Oh yeah. Okay. Let's call it sanguinary. <laughs> and then we changed it to like, the 14th key just like some totally meaningless is that halloween <laughs> is it some sort of halloween uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are other names see i can't remember oh uh, incurable disease <laughs> i love it which I... was also a song <laughs> <laughs> that's why i got a cassette rules. somewhere there's a cassette somewhere oh my god you gotta yeah. you gotta post it somewhere I, if I can find it, if I can find it and capture it, I will for sure. Cause it's like, it's li- and it's live at the marquee. It's oh like, my God. I don't even, I don't even know what we called ourselves on stage. I'll have to check that. Oh, that's the best. See, that's, those are the, yeah. that's the vibe that makes me want to start a band. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. When you yeah. think about it too much, yeah. then it takes all the fun out of stuff. But um, yeah, totally, and that that's been one really awesome thing about Cyanide is like we have a practice space and we rehearse like you know not we haven't been able to practice now because of the pandemic, but like we would we practice like twice a week every week, and I'm like fuck man, I haven't practiced this much in ages. What okay like, so definitely for like for like biblical everybody's so busy it's like when we have stuff to do it's like you know, we'll, we'll start getting together like three weeks before our run or whatever. And, you know, go crunch and everybody's like, you know, such a practice musicians. It's no problem. Right. But it's really fun to have like a regular practice, you know, and just yeah. go and like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like you were saying, it, it must've been very, very liberating and freeing and refreshing to go back to, playing metal again after you know years of being in the being in the kind of the rock and roll slash i don't even know indie rock or rock and roll kind of vein to go full balls balls deep into metal man it just Mm. might i mean it's the only reason i'm bringing this 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 up is because I would love, like, you know, I've been in a rock band for ages. I would love to go mm-hmm. balls deep in a metal thing, you know, and and so I, I could see how you would just like just sink your teeth into it, like you're 15 yeah. again. It, yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And uh, you know, and um, Chris and Jim, the guitar player and drummer in Mount Sinai, like these are two guys who I've known for 25 years. You know, since since playing classic studios, like the the first short show I played in 1994 was with their band Gush Underdrive at Classic Studios. I still have the poster. Wow! And uh, so 
when I had the idea to get into this, I was like, oh man, I should like, you know, let's look, let's go like super old school. And, you know, I've played with Jim and the Illuminati for a long time and we mm-hmm. toured tons and stuff. So I was like, I was like, oh, look, Jim's such a ringer and he's always a pleasure to play with him. Yeah. And he's down, he's a huge metal head. Like, you know, he was in Abyss for a while. He was, uh, he has his own project levels of abandonment, which is like, Probably a much more authentic black metal than Mount Sinai. <laughs> well, I, you <laughs> for know, the, for the purists. <laughs> if, if I remember correctly, I think Jim played me some some black metal tracks that he was working on. Now, I don't know if it was with uh, with you or if it was with Les, or did you play mm-hmm. me something? But it was Jim on drums, and it was full on black metal. Yeah, he's got he's got his own project, uh, levels of abandonment. And that's like, he has a band camp for that and everything. Um, which was really fascinating because it was a long journey for him to, to, to get there and like, you know, track it and do it. It's like, so it's like his own project. He basically played everything on the record, but like in advance of that, like, uh, probably mid like 2007 before he, (laughs) he could even record, he actually made the whole record on Fruity Loops, and he has a version of the record that is all like MIDI instruments, and it sounds like the most insane video game soundtrack <laughs> ever. Have I ever sent you any of that stuff? It no. Is so bonkers. It is like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it sounds like the most insane video game. Oh, I'd love I'd I'd uh, love to to check it out. There was a time I was kind of oh getting God. into video game music, so yeah, uh, I've got that in me. I'd, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I'll send you some. It's <laughs> really, really. You know what I could even do is I could I, I could ask him. We could put a little bit into the show. <laughs> like, just like hear it. Totally. It's so over the top. It's so over the top. Oh, I could stop. I could stop the the episode, and then we could play like a little bit. So now uh, I know Mount Sinai's been playing shows sporadically. Yes, um, but of course nobody's playing any shows. But before that, and that what I wanted to know was, you know, Biblical is very busy. All the individual members are always very busy doing five different other things at, at once. Mm. Is it still a band? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Biblical is very, very much a band. And uh, I am working on material for a new record at the moment. So, working on demos. Okay. So, so, you know, um, for anybody who hasn't heard Biblical, it's not Mm. metal. It's more of the rock vein. It's got all kinds of elements of, yeah, like you're saying, surf elements, like kind of spaghetti western type vibe mixed with full i don't know full-blown rock it's it's a hard band to really um describe but yeah. there are elements that cross over with mount sinai so now yeah, working sure. on a biblical record is there do you do you feel that maybe there's something that would be more suited for mount sinai or you want to do it for biblical you've you've kind of got these two strains going on at the same time mm-hmm. 
It's kind of like when um, you write for somebody and you, you, you're writing a riff and you're like, in your head, you're going, my God, I just gave that person the best riff I've come up with in the last two years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's a, well, it's an interesting stratification. But they, um, I would say definitely like the cyanide stuff uh, is much more immediate gratification um whereas the biblical stuff is a little more slow burn and uh when i'm writing stuff for biblical i mostly think of well it's it there's there's more sort of uh spread between the instruments you know so it can be like okay well i think for this i can do like this kind of bass line and i'll know that matt and andy will put this kind of guitar thing over it you know or Whereas, uh, you know, for cyanide, um, for, for, for cyanide, there's so much syncopation between all the instruments, you know, like a lot of stuff when right. you're going that fast, like, yeah. you know, you can split and do counter motion and stuff like that. But like when you're playing at that certain pace, it sort of demands that things lock in more. Yeah. So, right. um, but it, it so it's it's different. It's we like uh, again. We're we're Biblical's been a band for ten years now, so it's a much more uh, developed enterprise in terms of what I think need to go into a record. In a in a sense, you know, like like it's just like the idea is much more fully formed of like, okay, well it needs a little of this for sure. Right. Whatever happens, it need does definitely has to have a little of this and probably a little of that. You know what? In this last time that was really cool. Let's make sure to do something like that. Whereas cyanide's still very new and, uh, it feels like we, we're not as beholden to our sound, you know, not that we can't change it or whatever, but it's not, um, you know, it's just all new. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just thought of like a song like Horse Crime, where there is yeah. these huge, sweeping, atmospheric parts. Yeah. I was like, oh, this could easily fit into a biblical album. You know, there's not the song, but the, the, the parts yeah. to it, certain parts. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, uh, for the other thing, too, for Cyanide is uh, um, it's all, I'm not the exclusive songwriter. Right. as well like chris chris blackwell our guitar player wrote at least half the music on the on the record Okay, so the whole reason we even started doing cyanide was uh, in 2017, uh, my son was born, and The City That Always Sleeps came out. And uh, But because, you know, I had a new baby, it was kind of hard to really do a f like full touring around that record. So we were doing a lot more sort of sporadic stuff, and, uh, and Matt and Jay and Andy, you know, just were they started playing with some other projects and all that stuff. So it ended up, ended up that in 2018 they were doing touring with like some other stuff. So I was kind of like, okay, well I'm 
I'm hanging out at home in the city, so what should I do? It's like, oh, well, how about I start a metal band? I've been talking about it for a while. So I called Jim. It was like, awesome. Jim had a space, which was amazing, where his drums were set up, so we were all good to go. And I was like, well, who are we going to get to play guitar? I was like, let's call Chris. Because I knew Chris would be... I didn't want to do something really... I don't know. I want Again, I, li- I like to stir in other flavors into the stew. So I was like, I knew Chris would bring like a weird noise rock element. I knew it would be like, it would just be different. You know, I was like, I'm always into like, let's make it different. How do you make it different? And uh, so we called him up, he came down and we all clicked like immediately. And then we just started writing songs like right away. (laughs) It was like May, 2018, booked the studio. We were in the studio recording this record by August. Wow. Laying down beds. Who recorded it? Uh, we recorded it with Alex Gamble. He's done uh, tons of records uh, for this listener base, probably most notably like uh, the most recent Fucked Up record. I think a couple things. I think he's right. done stuff for Mets too. Uh, we did it at Union Sound Company, um, which is an awesome studio here in Toronto, which is actually where we recorded the last uh, biblical record too. What I wanted to ask you about, more about the record really, was some yeah. of the things that you do on it um, you know, like you said, let's make things different. Well, there's there's certain parts which were really different from mm-hmm. uh, your regular black metal fare. Like, let's establish the fact mm-hmm. that it's it's got it's a black metal band, but you know, it's it's obviously different. But like the the last song, which is like this mm-hmm. epic meltdown at the end, starts off um, with just like vocals. I mean, I can't remember if there's bass and drums in there, but it's just raw black metal vocals, not unaccompanied by, you know, the the black metal. There's one guitar. Yeah, there's like one guitar, like plucking out like a weird little quiet riff. Yeah, the balls to do that to just have the <laughs> those kinds of vocals up in the foreground. Um, I, you know, I mean, I'm not a black metal. I don't identify as a black metal head, but I listen to it like a tourist. Mm. But in all my hours of listening to black metal, I've never heard that done, where it's just really almost like a, a soloist um, with those vocals. And, and uh, I thought that was pretty brave of you to do, and it worked, I found. Um, well, it, it, it was, uh, I'll tell you, we didn't, I didn't arrive at that um, at first. Right, and uh, I didn't know if that would work either, and I tried a bunch of different things, and essentially, um, I was sending it back, like I was like tracking the vocals and sending it back to Chris and Jim, and they're like, I was like, what about this? And they're like, mm, I don't know. I was like, should I just go fucking all out on that? Like, yes, you absolutely should. I was like, okay, and I so I did it, and I sent it to like a scratch next to them, and they're like, yep, that's it. <laughs> I was like, okay. That's what it'll be. It's really, it's daring for any kind of band in that genre to do. Um, you know, you, you t- that's the thing about it. Black metal is a lot of posturing, a lot of machismo posturing in a way. Uh, everything's got to be true and authentic and real and tough. And, and yet everybody sounds very similar to one another and nobody takes chances. So that's true test of whether or not you're you've got the balls is to do something like that 
and uh, I think it worked out great. I, I was really jarred when I heard it, especially because it's not the only point on the record where the vocals are soloed almost. Like, um, what's that song where you're talking about Sin Sin City? Um, that's Late Riser. Late Riser, late riser. that's right. Yeah, like yeah. those vocals, those vocals are almost like... Um, Tom Waits, yeah, Leonard Cohen, <laughs> exactly, Leonard Cohen esque type vocals, uh, like everybody knows type thing, um, and I I was impressed by that as well because you you can hear the words Sin City and what is it USA right? Uh, it's, uh, it's America, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Sin Sin City. Right, but like that, but that theme is never brought up in a black metal. Uh, spectrum like that it's just never brought no no nobody talks no. about usa and Sin city <laughs> they're too busy talking about you know being you know being taken by the darkness um so yeah. I, f I found yeah. out that to be very daring as well but on a on another uh, in terms of the vocals because it's really all i really focus in on most of the time um so, so that was those two elements were those two uh, moments I should say on, on the album were uh, more so the last song uh, was something I've never heard on an album of that type before, and so I think that alone should really prick up everybody's ears and and, and make everybody check out the record on that moment alone because I think that's a standout moment that you've never heard on a kind of a black metal type album. Right on. And, and then it, we're just uh, <laughs> we're just fumbling in the dark and seeing what works. <laughs> but also, it, I think there's a sort of uh, some some amount of uh, irreverence that you're bringing to this. Be it that you've got this, you know, biblical band on the side. You you've spent years in the rock scene. And so you can approach it, and you have your background in metal, so you can approach it without it being so heavy-handed and everything must be true and authentic and you don't think about things too much. And I think that no. allows for a certain amount of freshness to, to the music. Well, definitely, um, um, again, uh, you know, Jim is a super purist knows the genre inside and out and uh and he can speak to you know what what is kosher in terms of the uh the genre yeah I, like again i i know some black metal like i said it's like for me um my 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 metal my metal love is for death metal and sort of like classic here at death metal um, and so I very much was thinking of this kind of like a rock record. Yeah. Um, again, like a lot of the tones too. Um, I was like, I want, I want them to sound like rock drums. I want them to sound big and heavy. You know, a lot of a lot of um, drums for you know fast metal. You know, have very short kick sounds. They have just smaller sounds you know tighter tunings things like that just so that you can get the definition and uh i was you know i was like i want this to sound i want the drums to be like rain and blood kind of drums right. you know like 
big rock drums that sound so if we hit a halftime part it sounds massive and heavy not like you know like a short little a short tiny kick i want boom, boom, crack i want massive cannon fire drums i always like i want guitars to sound like they're barely under control you know, like, like, like basically you're holding onto like a Ghostbusters rifle, like that you just, you can just barely keep in hand and that it's going to like tear free at any moment. That's how I like to think of guitars. I like, I like them like wailing and like all just ready to feedback. And it's like, you have to do any, everything you can just to like <laughs> make it do your bidding. It's just too bad that this whole thing has happened, like the crisis of COVID crisis has happened right around the time you were set to unleash Mount Sinai on the world. So if I could do something, you know, with this podcast, which is really what the whole podcast is supposed to be about, is to mm -hmm. communicate things to people. I want people to know that Mount Sinai put out one of the most impressive metal bands, a metal albums, if not albums of 2020. And so hopefully this will spread the word in its own uh, small way. Much appreciated, much appreciated. Yeah. And uh, it's nice to it's nice to talk about the thinking behind it to you. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to speak with you, and uh, I'm always happy to speak about you know something I'm working on because like you you always wonder it's like does anybody notice? <laughs> yeah, like As I was saying before, it's like we you know. We've, we've had some awesome reviews and then we've had some like really bad reviews, like hilariously bad, but it's better to have that bad review than a lukewarm review, you know, always. Well, I just Make think an impression. when you guys were in the studio and you were coming up with, you know, song, like when you were listening back to songs like Malabar or um, Hidden Entrance or the last song, what is it? Too mm. many lives? Too many past too, too many past too lives. many past lives. Like like the feeling that you must have had in the studio is like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna rule, man. This <laughs> this rules. <laughs> I mean I, I would think that We that, were very stoked. We were very stoked. Yeah, like going through your head listening to this, I was trying to put myself in your position. Like if I was in the studio and I came up with hidden entrance and I'm listening back to it. And I'm like, wow, once people hear this, they're going to be floored. You know, I want to convey that to people who have yet to listen to Mount Sinai. Like, it's, it's awesome, man. It's epic. I hate, right, man. I hate using that word at this t in 2020, but it's like, it's pretty monstrous, you know, so. Well, yeah. I'm glad you dig that song. Chris, <coughs> Chris wrote uh, Hidden Entrance. And uh, it was like a little riff he was noodling on one day when we were rehearsing. And I was like, oh, we're going to make that into something. He's like, really? I was like, yes, we're making it into something. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, okay. So we like needed it and pushed it and pulled it. And uh, yeah, we're super happy with how it turned out. 
Yeah, there's so many elements to every song that it just goes in and out of different elements that you can't really put a a lock on it. So it's it's really nice to hear that on an on a black metal tinged album. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man. All right, sir. All Thank right. you very much again. Yeah, man. Um, and I'll uh, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Or I'll text yeah. you soon. I'll text you soon. All right. Yeah. Pen pause. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, man. Thanks again. See you, man. Bye. Bye. Bye.